Amen. Thank you. Please do be seated. And we want to welcome you here today. And uh, maybe you're a guest, uh, maybe from out of town, maybe it's your first time. And I, I just need to set the stage for you that five weeks ago, we began a journey here. And we'll call it our all journey. Uh, uh, on Tuesday, this past Tuesday, uh, I was writing an email, you know, just kind of preparing uh, us all for this uh, Sunday here today. And, and I started out by saying, you know, well, we're going to reach our final destination on our journey this Sunday. Now, I don't know about you, but when I'm flying, I don't like it when the pilot comes on, on over the intercom and says, we are approaching our final destination. I don't want it to be my final destination. And then he says, you know, and so then you'll go into the terminal. I don't want to be terminal for me. I mean, that's not our final destination, is it? And then I realized, you know, this isn't our final destination either. Because God's word tells us that one day we're going to walk with Jesus, our Savior and our Lord. We're going to walk with him through heaven's gates. Now, that's our final destination. This today is just one of those important stops, important points, important milestones in our spiritual journey. Today's a next step Sunday in that journey, the day that we have set aside as alliance here to commit ourselves to the next steps and the mission that God has for us to grow as disciples ourselves and then to go make disciples of others. When I was about 10, I, I love football, I, excuse me, baseball. Started out in Little League and, you know, uh, when I was seven or so. When I was about 10, uh, I went to my first Major League Baseball game, okay? And it was in Yankee Stadium. I saw Mickey Mantle. Now you know how old I am, all right? I saw Yogi Berra. I saw Whitey Ford. Uh, and then on that same trip, we went to the Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, New York. And, of course, you know, I'm this 10-year-old, and I'm just dreaming of one day being in that Hall of Fame. But the reality is that none of us here today have that honor, do we? But, friend, God has a much greater honor for you than that. Not the Hall of Fame, the Hall of Faith. And today we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 11. Because in Hebrews chapter 11, God lists a lot of men and women who are in the hall, his hall of faith. And, you know, hey, let's be real. People in the hall of fame are going to be forgotten. Most of them are already forgotten. But those in God's hall of faith are going to be remembered forever. And they're going to be rewarded forever by Almighty God. Many men and women are listed there in chapter 11, but of all those men and women that are listed in Hebrews chapter 11, do you know which ones got the most verses written about them? Take a wild guess based on maybe what we've been studying here. Abraham. Abraham and Sarah. Because they lived a life of faith. And friend, that is what 
God calls you and me to live also. Hebrews chapter 11, 6 says this. This is so important for you. You want to please God? <laughs> you want to hear him say, well done? Do you want to say, come on in and hear him say that? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. In our all journey, what's that all about? Okay, I'm just going to try to summarize and capsulize what we what we talked about the past five weeks and what we're committing ourselves to. Our all journey. Our all journey is all about all of us living by faith rather than by sight. And see, that's not a natural thing to do. You'll have to ask God to help you with that. And there are a lot of Christians who think that, you know, having a lot of faith in God is just for a few spiritual giants, you know? No, living by faith is a required lifelong course. It's, it's not some extra credit assignment that a few choose to do. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 tells us the difference between one who's a Christian and one who is not. They live by faith. Not by sight. That's a Christian. I, I love the story of Sherlock Holmes and Watson. Uh, one time they were camping. And in the middle of the night, Sherlock Holmes woke up. And he looked up at the stars. And, and he asked Watson, he says, Watson, what do you see? And, and startled, Watson looked up and he said, stars. Yeah, but what do those stars tell you, Sherlock said. And Watson said, well, cosmologically, they tell me that we're part of a large universe with billions of stars. Theologically, they tell me that we have a great God who made it all. Meteorologically, it tells me that the sky is clear and we're going to have good weather tomorrow. Temporarily, it tells me that it's the middle of the night and we should be sleeping. Sherlock. What do they, those stars tell you? And Sherlock replied, they tell me that someone stole our tent. <laughs> you know, we don't always see what's really there, do we? And look at your life. What do you see? And... and if you're a Christian, you don't look just at your life. You look at the life of the family of God that God brings you into. What do you see in your life? What do you see in our church? Do you just see all the problems all around us? Or do you see a God who's working his plan and is going to provide everything we need for life and godliness and to get us home to where he's called us to be? What do you see? Do you see God? What do we want our community to see? Jason was talking about, you know, us going out in the community. What do you want? What do we want all our community to see when they look at us here at Alliance? Do they want us to, to see us as an undertaking church? Dying? Because we're just concerned about the past instead of what God wants to do in the future for us. Or will they see us as a consumed church, consumed with ourselves instead of others, consuming all our resources ourselves and not giving them out? 
Or are they, do you want our community to see a Christ-following church that loves God and loves other people? Jesus gave us a mission. He didn't say just come and meet and feel good. He gave us a mission to love, to share the good news of God's saving grace. And, and we do that starting right here in our own community. And we don't stop there, though. It goes to the ends of the earth. And friend, we can't do that without faith. None of us are capable of doing that in our strength by ourselves. We do that by faith that it's God's promise and that he is going to work and he's going to provide. We've got to step out in faith to please God, just like the early church did. We've got to step out in faith and let God do what seems to us to be impossible and to provide for us what seems improbable. So how big is your faith? Your faith ought to be as big as your God. Don't, try, don't make your God, try to make your God small, small like your faith. No, our faith ought to be as big as our God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because why? Because anyone who comes to God must believe that he exists, must believe his truth, that he has worked. And then this, we've got to believe that he rewards those who seek him. That when we seek him, he's going to be active in our lives. He's going to reward. He's going to take care of us. He's going to empower us. He's going to use us for things that really matter. That's what our all journey is about. It's about pleasing God. Being all about God. Second, our all journey here at Alliance is all about God wanting to bless all of us. So all of us will be a blessing. We've talked about this in the life of Abraham. God doesn't want to just bless us so we become self-centered. God wants to bless us so we'll be a blessing. And that's, about, that's what our all journey is about, is becoming all God wants us to be as a person and as a church. Our church becoming all God wants it to be. That will happen when you and I, as you and I, become all God wants us to be. Third, our all journey here at Alliance is all about God blessing all of us when we give all of us to God. God doesn't want just a part of it. He wants all of us. And how can bless God bless all of us if we don't give all of us to him? How, how can God bless the areas of our life if we don't give those areas of our life to him? He can't. Our journey is about God blessing all of us when we give all of ourselves to him. And God will bless you. God blesses people who give him their time and worship and fellowship and study. God will bless those who give their talents to serve the Lord. Every Christian should be serving because our Savior is a servant who served us. And God will bless us when we give our treasures to him to fund the mission that he's called us to. I'm going to ask... Ken and Diane Frailing to come up uh, and share a little bit about their story. Uh, you see, God works in us. God teaches us. God grows us as we take that next step in our spiritual life that he wants, to, uh, wants us to take. So I've asked uh, them, they'd share a little bit. If you want to use this table, you're certainly w welcome to do that. This is Diane. This is Ken. Uh, Diane, you, you and Ken were not raised in Christian homes, or you? 
but uh, God, uh, well, God found you and then started his work, right? Um, last week on Saturday, Ken told me that uh, Ron sent an email, and this was my question. Um, how did God bring you to the point of being so grateful for God's grace that we wanted to be faithful and cheerful givers to him? Thought, That's a hard question. <laughs> anyway, I spent most of the day out in the yard last Saturday, and um, I really was asking God, what story do you want me to share? Because so much of our Christian life has been growing up through finances or the lack of um, when we first met him. And uh, first of all, he said, well, we'll have to narrow this down a little bit because we have 40 years of stories. Um, and so many of them have been about uh, finances in our life. So anyway, the first thing I really... that brought me to tears when I was out in the yard was just thinking back to God's calling us and how um, he just saved us from a time in our life when we thought everything was coming to an end. Ken was a, a pitcher uh, with the White Sox at, or the Cubs at the time and um, he we had gone through A ball, double A, triple A, really living Ken's dream of being a baseball player since he was a little boy and uh, finances were always tough because as much as we hear about the millions and millions in the big leagues, the minor leagues are pretty much still the same as when we played, weren't they? And they, they keep the guys pretty lean. So um, anyway, uh, Ken had hurt his arm. We had tried for eight years to have a baby, and so we had a brand-new baby. We're in Chicago, Illinois. The phone rang. Um, that's okay, Teresa. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, so Ken, Ken was laying in bed and uh, we had a new baby it looked like the end of, um, of a career I mean we were devastated we just had no idea what we were going to do because the last thing I wanted to do was go back to teaching school after we'd finally had this baby and at that point um, my brother-in-law was coming through Chicago with my sister, his wife, and two little babies. They were being transferred in the Air Force back to Omaha. They just spent one night in Omaha, I mean in uh, Chicago with us. And uh, Paul stayed up with me from 10 until 2 in the morning and shared Jesus with me. And it wasn't that we hadn't gone to church. Ken had perfect attendance through all of high school, or I think his entire life. And... Um, I, I went to church every Sunday, but my biggest question those four hours with Paul was, what am I missing? I just couldn't put my finger on. I kept saying to him, I believed this all my life. I believed this all my life. But I didn't realize that I didn't know him. I believed in God, but I didn't know him. So anyway, uh, once we were saved, we were so blessed. God was so blessed. He blessed us so much by getting us to a Bible church, which is another whole story one day. But uh, we started to grow up in the Lord, and we met Larry Burkett as soon as we were um, Christians. I mean, literally, Ken was probably a Christian 24 hours, and we sat with Larry Burkett in Orlando, Florida, and he taught us about tithing. And it was such an interesting concept, but as a farm girl, it seemed pretty logical because... 
I mean, I, it was for easy for me to see that whatever we planted in the ground was what grew, number one, law of the harvest, and probably number two was that um, you don't reap the same season that you plant. You've got to learn to be patient. We couldn't go up and, as little kids, dig up the seeds and see how they were doing. You always had to let God do his work. And then we also learned that we get so much more than what we plant. One little kernel of corn would grow an entire stalk. Sometimes one stalk could have three, four ears of corn with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kernels. So the concepts that God was teaching me as a little girl growing up on the farm, I had no idea would make such an impact when I heard truth like, give me, give me some of what I've already given you. I can do a ton more with 90% than you can do with 100%. Um, and so God has been faithful all of these years, and um, uh, we we look today and just wonder even with a teacher's salary, and Ken went into insurance after how we could have a home and be out of debt. I have no answer for any of that other than that God is so faithful. And as an elementary teacher, I, I, I love um, simple you know, the, the best teacher to me is the one who can break it down so that everybody in the class can understand. And in multiplication, I used to love telling even little kindergartners, the zeros are so easy because you still always come up with zero. Ten times zero is zero, a hundred times zero is even a million times zero. It's still zero. And so it was. it's pretty simple for us to think that if you just give a little, then God can multiply. But he can't if it's just zero. So, anyway, I guess I better stop. All right, Ken, it's your turn. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I have been thinking about this for uh, over a week, and I have come up with a plan. And my plan is, okay, I've got these cards. <laughs> this is me right here with the Cubs. And today, you too could have one of these cards. <laughs> now, if I sell 400,000 of these for five bucks, we got two million bucks. We're good. We're golden right here. Here you go. All right. I too went to a game in Yankee Stadium. My, my first game in the big leagues was in Yankee Stadium. So I know what that was like. But I never did get to the Hall of Fame, which was my thing. The only way I'm going to get there is if I buy a ticket. <laughs> now, I helped a lot of guys get there. And there were a lot of guys I cried when I retired. But I was just thinking about this, but being all in means so much more than just money to us. I mean, there is things that happen. We're part of the coffee ministry on Monday mornings, and we see people come by. We see people saying, will you pray for me? We have a, a, a guy that comes from the county, and his name is Howard. His wife has got MS. And we ask him every week, can we pray for you? And he finally said, hey, can, can you put her name on there, you know, and, and help me be a better dad. I want to be a better dad. Pray for me for that. And so there's things like that that come up. So being all in is, like I say, it's, just mo it's more than just putting money in there. But what's happened was I, my son has a business in town. And I told him, I said, I'd like to do something a little special. So he said, well, why don't you come over and ship out my Amazon orders? Go work a couple days a week, you know, and do those things. So I said, fine, I'll do that. And that, that way I can put a little extra money into this program so we could help reach more people. And hopefully, as this happens, we'll see more people come to, to know the Lord. I mean, we get out in the community, and it's, it's going to happen just by being out there. 
So get involved if you're not involved. It's a special time. Thank you. Thank you. That's uh, kind of like the, the modern day version of what God asked uh, Abraham and Sarah to do. And, you know, they're kind of like that. And in fact, you may have a baby when Ken's 100. You know, we never know. All right. So our all journey, it's a journey of faith, growing in faith. Verse 8 of chapter 11 says, by faith, Abraham. When he was called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, he obeyed and he went, even though he did not know where he was going. He was walking by faith. By faith, he made his home in the promised land. See, God called, uh, told Abraham and Sarah to go. Go, but they didn't know where they were going. They didn't know how they'd get there. They didn't know how long it would take. You know what's the only thing they knew? Was that God knew everything about their, their life and how he wanted to bless them, how he wanted to work. And friend, that's what God wants for us. Our all journey here at Alliance is all about number four, all of us going, not knowing. See, that describes us. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You don't know what's going to happen about your job, your health, anything. Who does? We trust the God who is all-knowing. You see, fools think they know and can control their future. Wise people trust the God who knows and brings everything to a perfect and final conclusion in the future. Abraham didn't know, <coughs> didn't know what city God was taking him to. But verse 10 tells us why he was willing to do that. It wasn't the city here on earth that he was going to end up in. In verse 10 of Hebrews 11 says, Abraham was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. That's our hope. That's our reality. That's our final destination. The city whose architect and builder is God. <clears throat> Our all journey here at Alliance is all about all of us focused on the eternal rather than what's going to pass away. Everything we know right now is going to pass away. But there's an eternal. And you know what's better than having 2020 vision? Have an eternal vision. God showing you. God showing us as a church a vision of what he wants to do. Abraham was looking with eyes of faith to the city that's described in Revelation chapter 21, the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God. And friend, in that city there'll be no more tears, no more sorrow, no more problems, no more death. If we follow Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord, we're going to enter that kingdom and live there forever. That is not pie-in-the-sky theology. That is not my belief. That is the word of Almighty God who created this universe. Number six. Our all-journey here at Alliance is all about all of us taking God at his word rather than trusting in ourselves. Proverbs 3, 5 through 7 I hope, you have, I hope you know these truths, but friend, there's a lot of people who know these truths but don't live them. 
trust in the Lord with all your heart. That means in every area of your life, trust Him. Not just for salvation, but for your relationships, for your career, with your health, with everything, with your finances, with everything. Trust the Lord with all your heart in every area of your life. Do not lean on your own understanding. Why? It's finite. It's faulty. Do not be wise in your own, in own eyes. We know that the only way to be saved is by faith and God's promises and God's sacrifice of his son. The only way to be saved is by faith. We can't earn it by our good works. The only way to be saved is by faith. Well, doesn't it make sense then that the only way to live the Christian life is by faith too? Relying on him, trusting in him. And we've talked mostly about Abraham, but chapter 11, verse 11, talks about Sarah. By faith, even Sarah, who was way past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered God faithful. Why? Because he'd promised. He'd made a promise. And friend, that's a reality for us. Our all journey is all about us believing God that he will keep all his promises. He's a God who cannot lie. He's a God who's given us a word from him, and every word will come true. Believing God will keep all his promises in a perfect way at a perfect time. Chris Bernard is going to come. He, too, has found this out in his life as a disciple. You see, that's what our life is about. It's about us being disciples. It's about us taking the next steps that God has for us. Thanks, Pastor. Yeah, so... Um, God, God asks us to test him in this. There's two things that God really asks us to test him on. One of those is our faith. You know, knock and the door will be open. Ask and you shall receive. Uh, seek and you will find, right? The other one that God asks us to test him in is this tithing thing. And I, um, in fact, it says in Malachi 3, uh, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that, they, uh, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I'm a marketing consultant for small and medium-sized businesses, so my income goes like this, and it goes like this, and it goes like this. And it's a good thing because I know what's coming in the funnel, but it's also a bad thing because there's not a certainty. There's no guarantee. A lot of us have checks for a job, right, that kind of come in every, every two weeks or whatever the case may be. Um, I've got three parts of the story. First one is when... I was a marketing director for a small agency in, in Fort Myers, and crossing the Cape Coral Bridge to get in on one Sunday morning, honestly, we, Michelle and I didn't have kids at the time, and I, I held that check across the bridge, and it was written out for a typical 10% or whatever it was. But I, I, I didn't know how the next two weeks were going to unfold. I mean, this was, you know, payday, you know, payday was on Friday, and had that check, but I wasn't sure how that was going to unfold. And, and I was faithful in that. And, and I don't remember all the specifics in it, but God saw us through that. Um, shortly after starting the business, we were challenged again. Now, this time we did have a baby. <laughs> and we, had, we were really close to getting our very first client. And that client was about a $7,500 client. But in order to do that project, required me to commit to $17,000 license for a year for data and research that was going to need to do that. 
As you can tell, that's way below the, <laughs> you shouldn't be taking that project on. But God, we needed more clients. And God was faithful in that. In fact, I remember beating on a couch because I felt so hopeless. I was like, God, you have, I'm doing my part. I'm doing my part. You have to do yours. And we had a baby at the time. And God, God was faithful in that. God was faithful in that. The third part is in this all-in campaign. And I mentioned my income kind of goes, you know, kind of up and down. I say, God, if you're, if you're asking us to all do more, okay, fine. I accept. Give me a number. Give me a number. And I truly believe he used that little worksheet on the back of that little commitment card. He gave me a number. You know what? I have to tell you, we made that commitment beginning of this year, something like that. Two weeks ago, I was up in Cleveland, and I got our first, I got our largest client contract. That was two weeks ago, through March. God is faithful, people. He wants us to do so much more. I'm not a prosperity gospel kind of guy. But God asks us to test him in this. And I, I assure you, he will see you through. He will see you through it. God wants our heart. He doesn't really want our money. He wants our total commitment. Our, our tithe is just simply a, an understanding, a dependence, and a reliance on God. That's, that's our commitment to him. We're good stewards. We're supposed to be good stewards of God's money. But it's his money, not ours. <laughs> and one of the things that this study kind of came up with I don't know if anybody else suffers from fear of uncertainty. Like, you know, making sure I have enough, right? What if something happens? I tell you what, your job, your health, there's no guarantees. There's only one guarantee. Jesus loves you. God loves you. He will take care of you. That's the only trust and hope we actually have. And that's really the cool thing about what this is, God's word is faithful and true. It will not come back void. I promise you. Those are just three little examples in my life. Anybody that's committed to like this, this whole tithing experience, I got to tell you, I cannot wait to see what God does with our commitment. I cannot wait to see the kind of things that God does in people's hearts and minds. These are our family. These are our friends. They're our neighbors. I can't wait. I challenge you in it. God's word challenges in it. Test. Test them in this. It won't come up void. Thanks for letting me speak to you guys. I appreciate it. Our all journey is about our mission. Now, today we're talking about money. But this all journey is not just about money. Our, our, our all journey is about our mission. To share the good news with people around us. It is to love God, and it is to love others. So that's our mission. And you know that mission won't happen unless we pray. And we've appealed to you to pray. That mission won't happen unless we serve. And so we ask you to serve, because Christ was a servant to us. He served us. So we ask you to serve. Our mission won't happen if we don't give either. And so that's, as we approach this day, this is about the mission that God has given to us. And friend, God 
is going to provide. He's our provider, and we're going to trust him to provide what we need as a church. We're going to trust him to provide what you need as a, as a person, as a family, that God will provide according to his word. And friend, God's a generous giver. And so out of gratitude to God, we want to be generous givers too. Now I begin this message by saying this is not our final destination. We don't reach that destination until the day we die. But we're at a very important point, a crucial point in our journey as a church. And we want to trust God with our life. We want to trust God with our mission. We want to trust God with our finance. We don't want to just say we trust God. We really do want to do that. And friend, in your life as a follower of Jesus Christ, God will always be coming to you asking you to take the next step. The next step of becoming more like Christ. The next step in following him. The next step in serving him. That's what the Christian life is. That's what a journey is. Step after step. And that's what our spiritual journey is, is as well. An important part of our life. As a follower of Jesus Christ, God tells us to give. So we don't become selfish. So we don't become consumed. So we don't trust in ourselves. So we trust in him. We trust and obey. And so today, we challenge, we're challenging all of us to take the next step in our Christian life in terms of our giving. In your, excuse me, uh, here's, I want to show you uh, up on the screen here, the thing called the giving ladder, okay? And I think this is a helpful tool uh, for us. Because, see, I don't know where you are at in your Christian life, in your life of trusting God to be your financial provider, to take care of you, okay? But I do know this. God wants you to grow. God wants you to grow in trusting him, in obeying him. And, you know, the reality is statistically in the United States, uh, about half of those who attend a church, give essentially nothing to the church. Maybe a few dollars, uh, but it would certainly not uh, be anything that could support the ministries and the mission of that church. There are others, that, well, they've taken the next step. They give, but it's not consistently. It's, well, I think I got enough to give a little this month, something like that. And then others, they, they want to be faithful, and they become intentional about it. And they decide, okay, I'm going I'm to get a portion of my income. And I'm going to trust God to do that. And others take that next step. The step that God, that Chris was referring to, the step that God put before Chris. Test me in this. Let me show you. I really am going to provide for you. If you'll give more than you think you can, if you'll give a tithe. And then there are people who start to tithe, and they are so blessed. And they realize God's a giver. And they have a burden for lost people. And they want to do more. And they want to carry out the mission. And they give even more than that. Because they realize how generous God is. And they want to be generous as well. A giving ladder. Now, I know that many of us here, we're afraid. We're worried. We're concerned. We have debt, maybe. Kids through going to put through college. 
Maybe you're aging, an aging relative that you're taking care of. Maybe you're approaching retirement yourself. And it's only human nature to be afraid that maybe God won't provide. Now, wait a minute. Will God not provide for his children? Especially when they're being faithful, trusting him for that. So, friend, yeah, I understand all those fears because I have them too, and everybody else here has them as well. When we have those fears, don't be dominated by those because then you'll forget that God owns it all, that God can take care of you, that God is faithful, that God's a provider, that God is a giver. And so we all pray, God, help us. We want to trust you. Not just say we trust you, we really do want to trust you. And we want to believe your promise in reality. Now unto him who's able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine to take care of us. On our all journey, our first goal is this, 100% participation. Did all of us get involved? Why? Our mission is too big and too important for just a few of us. If only a few, if only a percentage, small percentage are involved, we won't reach many. We want 100% participation. Not just for, not for ourselves, for our mission and for you. So that you will grow and come to see that God truly is one who is going to provide for us. Our goal is that all of us become all God wants us to be. We've seen these two lessons from Abraham's life over and over and over and over again. We all want God to bless us. Well, who does God bless? God blesses us so we'll be a blessing to other people. If we want to be a blessing to other people, then God's going to bless us. And God blesses us when we take that next step in the journey that he's laid out for us. And friends, I want to say that <clears throat> all of our leaders here, our pastors, elders, governing board, many of our ministry leaders, you know what? They've taken the next step. They've taken that next step in, in their giving because we have a mission to do and because we have a provider who's going to take care of us. And God said, if you will put... My kingdom first. If you put me in my kingdom first, then I will take care of whatever you need. And God will do great things as all of us do our part. And so this morning, again, we've been preparing you and asking you to pray. And I know that so many of you have. In your bulletin today is a, is a commitment card. It's in an envelope. If I want ask you please to take that out. If it fell out of your bulletin, all right, as is want to do, men, uh, just uh, please uh, raise your hand, and they'll be glad to make sure that you have one. And now, you, if you're a guest, uh, out of town, first time here, you know, we don't do this every Sunday. Uh, we do this like it once every 10 years, okay, <laughs> or something. But it, giving is a, a very important part of our Christian life, and I hope you'll understand that. And, and I hope you'll come back next week. Next week, we won't be talking about giving. All right, we'll be talking about Jesus on his way to the cross and on his way to the empty tomb uh, as we prepare our hearts for Easter. And you can come and you can invite your friends to come. But friend, we have a mission. 
And we're not going to accomplish that mission if we don't pray, if we don't serve, if we don't give. God forbid that we would not carry out the mission that God has for us. Thank you so much. I hope that you all have. I just want <clears throat> to walk you through it quickly, okay? Uh, because you, you would have some questions about well, what's that mean, where does that go, and all that kind of stuff. And so I'm going to show you two. Now, I just have to, uh, Pastor Jason did a PowerPoint slide on two totally fictitious givers at Alliance. All right? Pastor Jason did that. So let's put the person up here. Uh, Michael Totwad Thompson. Okay. Uh, <laughs> maybe we shouldn't have asked Jason to do that. I'm... I'm I'm so sorry. Uh, but uh, now, this, this slide is a little bit different than your card. Your card has you put the name on the bottom, okay? But some of us, when we get to the bottom, we just, we're lost, okay? Put your name first, okay? All right. Uh, now, the first line says, what I normally give you, total, okay? You're, if you've been in our church uh, this past year, you know, what did you give last year? Okay, so you kind of, you put that down on the first line. Include, it's all giving, missions, benevolence, uh, everything. Uh, then the next step is uh, my expanded generosity. You know, God has spoken to a lot of us because you've told me. You know, God's been speaking to you. And, and you, want our, you want us to carry out our mission. And God's generous and you want to be generous. And you want to live by faith, not by sight. And so... The many of you have said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give more. So put that, that amount that you put in line two, also put it there in line three, okay? And then times two years, because we're talking about a two-year plan here. We, we want to know, uh, kind of round numbers, you know, as we plan our mission, our strategies, our outreaches, all those things, okay? So you multiply it by two, one times two, okay? And see, this is for, not everybody has a lot of money. You know, last week we talked about, okay, this is a single guy, and he's, you know, delivers pizzas and still living at home or something like that. But God spoke to someone like this. And maybe you have some stored resources, you know, like a Ken Frailing baseball card that you can sell, okay, for 500 bucks or or maybe you have other stored resources, okay, but maybe there's something you could sell. You, you've been collecting it, but you don't do anything with it, all right? And then uh, just add those up, my two-year commitment for all, all right? Now let's go to the second one, and, th and we're all in different situations. Jason Generous Harper. Do, <laughs> do I need to remind you who did these slides? Uh, all right. Uh, here, okay, this is, this is uh, you know, say like a couple. Maybe they're empty nesters and, you know, they both have uh, fairly good salaries or something. And, okay, gave 10000 last year, but God's really spoken. They want us to carry out our mission. They want us to be able to remodel our, our facilities that are aging. And really, we've got to repair them or remodel them. But we've got to do that because so much of our mission happens here, you know, in this place too. So expand it, okay, add those, we'll add line one, add two, come up with a total there, and then times two years, two-year program. Uh, this person has some stock. You know, there's amazing benefits to giving stock, okay, and you need to check with your financial advisor about that, or, or maybe you have a car, you don't even use it, 
all right? Or a cabin you sold, or an interval ownership, or a second house, or, I mean, some of us, we have stuff we don't really need. We don't really need. Wouldn't it be great if that was used to see people come to Christ? So stored resources, and then add those up, and that's a two-year commitment. Now, I hope that you will fill that out this morning. We've been asking our church family to be praying about this, to be ready uh, to respond, and uh, we're going to fill this out in just a minute. I want you to look on the back of the card first, because there's a little uh, gift uh, chart there, okay? And... The reason I want you to look at that is, well, maybe to help you in math and, you know, to help you see what uh, your gift might involve. But I want you to see something else, okay? The left column talks about how many gifts of that, this amount are needed for this scenario to reach the total. Do you see there's an awful lot of gifts if you add all those up, that first column? It's a lot of people. We need a lot of people involved. For us to carry out our mission. We know, need all of us. I want you to notice the second thing from the second column, okay, is that it's going to take a lot of small gifts, but it's going to take some large ones too. And I know that God has blessed some of us with an abundance. And I hope that we want to be generous to God as he is generous to us. Some of you came in this morning knowing what you were going to give. In fact, some have already, already put them in the uh, offering plate, and I put them right up here. The ushers gave them to me, and I put them right up here. Um, but others of you, you're not sure. Or others of you, God is still speaking to you. And you may have come in with a number in your mind this morning, but you're really thinking maybe God wants you to increase it for the sake of lost people in our community so we can carry out our mission. Uh, years ago, we held uh, an emphasis like this, and there was a new Christian in the church. I think he filled out three different cards because God kept speaking to him, and he kept taking the next step because he knew that's what God wanted, wanted him to give. Uh, some of you came in this morning expecting not to give anything because, hey, things are tough. Your job, uh, whatever, uh, okay. But friend, God owns the whole universe. And he takes care of those who take a step of faith. Again, guests, uh, again, we don't do this every Sunday. We do it every 10 years or something like that. But I hope that you being here today you'll see that we're a church who wants to carry our mission. That we want to love God, but we want to love others. That we want to obey that last command, not just to grow as disciples ourselves. We're supposed to go and help others to become disciples too. And I hope you see that, and I hope you'll come back. So, I'm going to pray. And then I'm going to invite you to pray. You just look up at the face of God, because you know what? What do we, I know the exact amount that I want you, every one of you to give what God wants you to give. Ask him. Let's pray. Father, it's giving things hard for us. We admit it. Maybe it's the thing that makes us most afraid. But God, 
<laughs> you say, if you'll take that step of faith, if you'll trust me, I'll provide for you. God, this isn't about money. It's about our mission. But we can't carry out our mission if we don't pray. We can't carry out our mission if we don't serve. We can't carry out our mission if we don't give. And God, we want to carry out our mission. And we visualize in the next few years people in the surrounding communities coming to know Jesus Christ, their lives being changed, their, their, their marriages being healed, their families being restored, their financial needs being met. All those things, God. Things that you want to do. And that's what we want to see you do through us. And so, Alliance, right now, we just look up in the face of God and ask him what he wants you to give. And then having done that, I ask you if you'd just fill those out. I ask you if you'd fill them out. And we're going to receive them in about two minutes. us so much. You loved us enough to send your son. Love us enough to take care of us. We put first the kingdom of God. Your promise is that I'll give you all those things that you have need of. And God, we want to do more than just say we trust you. We want to demonstrate it by our life. Lord, I want to thank you for the people of Alliance. They have been giving so we can carry out our mission. God, we believe that you've prompted us to do more, to involve more, to appeal to our church family. Let's all do all God wants us to do. And I thank you, dear Father, for what's going to come as a result of this. There are going to be more people who come to know Jesus Christ. And I praise you. And I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.